This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 571. It's great to have your company once again. I really appreciate you joining me. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. And on this week's show, we've just returned from Palo Alto where we attended the HP Imagine event and we saw some new PCs and services unveiled, which we'll talk about at length. Uh, Australians are, have lost more than $3 billion to scammers, with younger people more likely to fall victim. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the new Ecovacs Goat G1 robot mower. MG has unveiled its latest EV that offers performance at a competitive price, and Google has unveiled its new Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro smartphones. And we'll answer all of your tech questions, of course, in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, as I said, I have just returned from the US. I, that was my third trip to the US in four weeks. So I did the iPhone launch uh, and then was home for five days. Did, went to New York for the Microsoft uh, Copilot Windows AI launch and uh, was home for a week and then went over back to San Francisco for the HP Imagine event. Been back a couple of days and hopefully I have my feet on the ground for a, a little while now. But I've got to say, it was a very interesting trip. HP, uh, this event, the HP Imagine event, was actually at the HP headquarters in Palo Alto that was founded. The company was founded by Bill Hewlett and David Packard back in 1938. And as a matter of fact, while I was in Palo Alto, I did get a chance to visit the HP garage so this is a home in in, Sil in Silicon Valley, in Palo Alto. It's actually, they, they call it the birthplace of Silicon Valley. There's, there's a, a plaque out the front to signify the fact that this was where the company was founded. So uh, Bill, Bill Packard, uh, so Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard were both Stanford graduates. And uh, uh, one, one had gone, I think it was Bill, Dave Packard had gone to New York and they were talking about starting a business. Uh, they decided to then come back together, live in this home. The reason they chose this home in this leafy street in Palo Alto was because it had a garage. Uh, and, and this garage was going was gonna to act as their workshop. So this is – it's now – the home is now a private museum, would you believe? And it's, it's located in 367 Addison Avenue, Palo Alto. Uh, pretty nondescript house, two two levels. There is the plaque out the front, as I mentioned. The garage is down the back, down the end of the driveway. And and it was funny because we were all gathered. There was a few other journalists from other countries that, on this trip, and we were all out the front uh, taking photos. And there was this kid that that rode by on a scooter and asked – he was close to me, and he says, how come there's so many people outside this house all the time? And I explained to him that it was the house that was used by Dave Packard and Bill Hewlett to start HP. And the company was called Hewlett Packard. Uh, they decided the order of the names in a coin toss, would you believe? So uh, Bill Bill Hewlett won the coin toss. So Hewlett Packard. I don't know if it had the same ring to it. It was Packard Hewlett. 
Instead of HP, it'd be PH today. I don't know if that's the same, but the first product was the HP 200A Oscillator, an audio oscillator that was actually bought, purchased by Walt Disney. Walt Disney bought eight of them uh, so they can use it to certify the sound systems in theatres that were about to screen Fantasia. And uh, even, I think, in the near future, uh, not far or a few years actually after that, decades after that, uh, HP equipment was also used in the production of Star Wars as well. I mean, Star Wars, uh, George Lucas, I think, used some of their products as well. Now, you can't, you, you need to be invited to that house. You can't just stroll in there. Uh, you, you need to be invited by a HP employee, as a matter of fact. So uh, the home is a museum, as I said, and uh, really interesting facts there about how this company was started. And fast forward to today, and you can see the, the width and breadth of the HP business across computers and printers and services and you name it. They're a massive company. Uh, and at this event, it was really interesting to hear from all their executives. And uh, the theme of the of the HP Imagine, I think, was was the whole mobility, the hybrid work working uh, situations, and being mobile, being able to work from anywhere, and that includes in the home. Uh, so I think they that really reflected in their new products. Two new products they announced. One was the the HP Spectre foldable PC. That was actually announced in a couple of weeks ago, but what was confirmed was that the foldable PC is coming to Australia. So that's big news for us. And the other product they announced was the HP Envy Move 23.8 all-in-one PC that's portable. Let's start with the Spectre foldable PC. Now this is, it's like a three-in-one device. It has a foldable 17-inch OLED display. So when you when you look at it, it looks like a laptop. You open it up, there's a screen, keyboard. But what, what you soon realize is that keyboard is attached magnetically. You can actually drag it towards you to increase the screen size. So you can get a screen and a half of space if you want. So top half can have a Zoom call, bottom, that little half a screen can have your emails and other things going on there as well. Or you can take the keyboard away completely, fold it flat, and then you're using it in tablet mode. It's a big 17-inch tablet, touchscreen. You can write on it with a pen. Uh, so that that's, that's a, another mode. And the screen itself has a kickstand. So rather than you holding it, you pop out that kickstand, rest it on your desk, pop that keyboard right in front of it. The keyboard also has a trackpad, by the way. So suddenly you've got a desktop setup right there. And you can then transfer transform it back to a laptop in seconds. So it's this really versatile work anywhere type of computer. Laptop, if you're sort of tight for space, if you if you want to create a draw, you've got the tablet mode. And if you've got the space, you can set it up as desktop mode, have a 17-inch display with a keyboard and trackpad. And just another just an example of the thinking behind these products so that customers can use them in any number of ways and anywhere as well. It's the ultimate hybrid device. Now, the other product, the, the HP Envy Move, it's called Move because this is a desktop computer that you can carry from room to room. So the the Envy Move 23.8, so 23.8 QHD display and has a, has a couple of legs so it's got uh, it's got legs. Uh, so when, when it's sitting when it's sitting on the desk, uh, the, it's got two little legs. It sits there. It's got also a trackpad, uh, keyboard with a trackpad. So uh, also has a handle. 
behind behind the computer as well. So as soon as you pick up the computer by the handle, as soon as it's off the desk, the legs fold in automatically. There's a little basket behind the screen to store the the keyboard. And you're able then to carry this into any other room. So it weighs about four kilos. So say if you, for example, you've got it set up on the kitchen table and you want to take it into the bedroom, you might want to stream some Netflix or whatever, pick it up, take the keyboard with you. As soon as you put it back on a surface, the legs deploy again. So they pop out so that it's it's immediately supported. Take the keyboard out of the back little basket, the pocket, and then set it up. It has a battery as well, so you get up to four hours of battery, so you can use it wirelessly like a laptop, and, and it has the same sort of portability. So you can go from one room, you might want to take it into the home office and say, right, here we go, uh, I'm going to do some work. Or you might want to take it and uh, do a workout, maybe take it into the lounge room, do a workout, or take it into another room and do uh, watch some Netflix or some Stan or whatever streaming service you want to enjoy. So it's that all-in-one desktop form factor but the portability of a laptop. Two really smart products from HP there. And again, reflecting the way we're working now, because there are some of us that still work from home a couple of days a week. We may have a little makeshift room that's at our office. And in this case, you can take these these products into that office. And if you need them in another room, you can pick them up and take them and use them however you want, and even on the move. So that's the HP Move all-in-one PC, as well as the HP Spectre foldable PC. If you want to get a closer look at those two, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, we know HP, uh, another part of the, a big part of their business is printing. And they've caught, of course, they released a, a host of OfficeJet, DeskJet, pro-level printers for the home and the office, for smaller, medium businesses, large format printers, printing on all kinds of materials. So huge, huge range of printers they already have. But what caught our eye was a couple of printing solutions that go beyond the home and beyond the office. In fact, they go, there's two, there are two that we saw or two examples that we saw. One is for a building site, would you believe? And the other is part of a running shoe. So first of all, let's talk about HP Site Print. Now, this is a robot printer that's designed for the construction industry. Now, what it's designed to do, say you're a builder, you got your plans, you turn up at the site, you got your slab laid out, you need now to mark out the slab for you to put up your framework and everything that needs to be done. Now, you need to consult with the plans and the, then you have to draw it out and chalk, chalk it all up, use plumb lines and chalk lines. Well, imagine if you had a printer that can print out that those plans on the, on the job site. And that's where the HP site print comes into play. It uses a combination of cameras and sensors. Uh, there are some little, there are some guides that needs to be set up, like sort of like um, uh, it, there are sort of uh, they sitting on top of a tripod, so to give it its exact position on the site, uh, it's got an accuracy to within three millimeters. So you can just imagine, okay, you deploy the robot, it knows the plans, it's downloaded them from the cloud, whether it's CAD or some other design program, and it knows exactly where it is and what it has to print. So it goes around and prints in whatever color you want, 
all those plans with writing, everything that you would normally do as a builder on a job site. So what they did, they HP brought SitePrint to take on a manual layout team of builders of four people. So the HP, the SitePrint laid out seven, I think eight rooms in the time it took the manual team of four people to do three rooms. So that's how efficient it is. So it enables you to get moving a bit faster. Use those other people into the workers instead of laying out the the the, the plan, get them to do other stuff. The, the, you, you can increase your efficiency and maybe even your cost effectiveness as well. That is site print, which was remarkable. There, there's some pictures and uh, and uh, other images, of course, uh, of site print on, on Tech Guide. But let's move along to the other amazing example of printing. And in this case, it's 3D printing. Now, this is, this is a first. I've never seen this before. HP has partnered with Brooks Running to engineer their new Brooks Exhilarate BL running shoe. Now, the running shoe has a 3D printed midsole. So if you have a look at Tech Guide, there's a photo of me holding this shoe, and the whole midsole, which has sort of like a a lattice sort of construction and inside is, is sort of more solid material, that part of the shoe is 3D printed. So... You, you can see that the that part of the shoe is really light too, by the way, use, and they use plastic polymer, a special, uh, special polymer material that's environmentally friendly, but also is a lot faster to, to print. So you think about the partnership that are thinking, well, how can we – they've done all their research. So Brooke, Brooke took all their, their research. Uh, they, 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 did, they did plenty of like performance research, biomechanical research, and then said, right, what's the best way to design and, and produce these shoes? And the result was HP's multi-jet fusion 3D printing technology, which produced the midsole, so it had this lattice construction and that polymer material – and by using that material, it's able to deliver higher energy return. So when you your foot hits the ground, the return of energy is actually ninety percent uh, better than the other. It's better than ninety percent of the other midsoles already on the market today. So using the technology has allowed them to fine tune the design, but it's also it's also good for the environment. So they've increased their sustainability because they're using less material during production. And the type of material they're using as well, it can be can be recycled. So win-win uh, all around there. So uh, it is 3D printing is really helping. HB, by the way, 3D printing is already being used across multiple industries, including medicine, uh, where HP can create prosthetic sockets, ankle foot orthoses, and pediatric cranial helmets as well. Uh, some uh, John Deere tractors also use 3D printed engine parts using HP's Metaljet S100 solution. So 3D printing stuff for running shoes. They're also printing medical devices and products as well as metal parts for John Deere's tractors. So just goes to show HP's printing portfolio goes well beyond the paper in the office. It is now on a building site and perhaps even under your foot in a, in a 3D printed running shoe. So if you want to check all of that out, there's pictures and uh, of the site print. 
and the shoes and also the other PCs that we mentioned in the previous segment. You can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Well, scammers continue to be the bane of our existence, and the ACCC has revealed that in the in just 2022 alone, Australians lost $3 billion, more than $3 billion, about closer to $3.1 billion to scammers. And that's actually, that's alarmingly high. It's actually 80% higher than the amount scammed in 2021, if you can believe that. Now, the the, the research, though, to, threw up some interesting observations, one of them being that Gen Z and millennials, so people born in the in before the turn of the century and around the turn of the century, these are young people sort of aged in their 20s to you know, late 20s, early 30s. These are, according to the research, they, they are the most likely to become victims of scammers despite their the understanding of technology and their and being internet savvy, it's remarkable that they are among the most affected. Now, according to ScamWatch, the top contact methods were text messages was the top 33%, phone calls 29%, email 22%. ScamWatch says most money was taken through investment scams that was 377 million dollars dating and romance scams was second 40 million dollars false billing 24 million followed by phishing 24 million and it goes all the way down to remote access scams threats to life or arrest can you believe those idiotic messages saying there's been a warrant issued for your arrest if you don't act now ring the ATO that 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 got $13 million out of us. Identity theft, this is surprising to me, only $10 million through identity theft. There were employment scams, online shopping scams, classified scams uh, as well. But as I mentioned, younger people were falling victim despite being really digitally connected. I, I, there's a number of reasons, and there are some professors from the School of Science at the at RMIT University who who saw, have seen this, and they said that uh, a lot of a lot of these young, despite being internet savvy, young people are more vulnerable to online scams. You think about it; they live most of their life online. That's all they know, uh, especially in the current economic climate too. They're, they're they're even more likely to be a victim. Um, the younger people, what they said, were also more likely to fall for employment scams on social media, which is their main source of information. So you think about it. It's a numbers game, really. There's more people on, more young people on social media and looking at these uh, these ads, which they now find out to be scams, there are more of those that are on those platforms, which are the more popular places to serve up the scams. So it, it's not surprising that older folk who don't frequent social media as much as younger people are less likely to be victims because they're they're there's less exposure to the scams. That's the that's the problem here. Not because they're young and supposedly tech savvy. There's more. They're exposed to more. And as I said, it's a numbers game. If only a few people respond, it's still going to get a great result. 
and and a lot of these young people are trying to make ends meet. They're trying to save money. They, they want to maybe save up for a home deposit. They're finding ways to make a bit of extra cash, uh, and they are exposed to these online scams a lot more than older older Australians. So really worrying. That is really wor- a real worry there. If you're listening, if you're kids that are that are that age, I would actually have a chat to them about this to be extra extra vigilant because they're trying to do their best. They're trying to save up for things to live their life, have a decent lifestyle, but these mongrels are trying to just scam them out of their money. So really, t- take some time to talk to your kids if they are that age, or you may be that age yourself. Have a have a real listen, have a look closely at what you're looking at on social media. It very well could be a scam. If you want to find out more, all those stats are available for you to check out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cyber criminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. Introducing Norton 360 Platinum with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls and identity protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring. You have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays in private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. We're kicking off the reviews this week in the backyard, and in particular with the Ecovax Goat G1 robot mower. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but we got our hands on one and set it up, and I've got to say, it does a pretty good job at keeping your lawn perfect without you lifting a finger. Now, the Ecovax Goat G1, just to be clear, okay, um, I was told uh, on good authority that Ecovax uh, didn't name this the GOAT to stand for greatest of all time. I was told that the Ecovax Robotics CEO came up with the name because he knows a GOAT likes to eat grass. So that's the name. It's not meant to stand for greatest of all time, although I'm pretty sure there's a little glimmer in his eye when he said that. I'm pretty sure he wants this to be the greatest of all time. Of course. But that's the reason, the main reason, the GOAT is because a goat likes to eat grass. And the goat G1 cuts the grass, does a very good job of it. And I've got to say, we took, we took this out, set it up. We we did it, wrote our review. Uh, even shot a video too. Check out our video. And I, got, I was surprised how easy it was to set up. It comes in a massive box, by the way. That was immediately intimidating to me, thinking, oh, this is going to take some time. But it was a real step-by-step process. And what saved time was the fact that, as, as I have done with other robot mowers that I've looked at, uh, you do those other mowers require you to put a cable around the boundary of your lawn. 
so that it knows the edge of your lawn. And that is not only a pain in the butt, but it takes a long time. So you've got to actually, in some cases, you've got to dig a little trench and put the wire there and sometimes hammer down the stake so to keep the wire down um, so that the vacuum, the, the vacuum, the uh, robot mower doesn't doesn't cut it. So yeah, it was it's a task, and I found that it was it's too hard for some, be too hard for some people. The Goat G1 though, thankfully, was a lot easier to to set up, and that's thanks to a number of things. First of all, you do receive in the, in the box two two boundary markers, so these little beacons that you can actually place in strategic parts of your lawn. So what the app does as you're, and the app, by the way, steps you through the setup. So it starts with connecting the, ro- the robot to your Wi-Fi, uploading any, uh, any form firmware updates, setting up the, the, the charging station. So very similar setup to how you would, uh, uh, the Ecovacs robot vacuum cleaners. Anyone who, that's where the legacy of their technologies come from, the vacuum cleaner and the mops. They've brought that similar technology out into the yard. So, Similar setup, have your base station set up. Of course, you need a bit of open space. You need it to be, to be close to power. Uh, so it needs a, like a meter or so, a couple of meters either side. And uh, and then you're ready to go. You connect it to Wi-Fi, as I mentioned. And then you have to then map your yard. So what happens here, you've got your beacons in place. The app actually has a few examples of yards that if your yard looks like this, is this square, L-shaped, like this. And if you choose one that's similar, it does take a lot of the legwork out of it for you. So it suggests where to put the beacons. And then the next step will be you actually driving the GOAT G1 like a remote control car through the Ecovacs app around the edge of your lawn to establish the boundary. So where you're driving it is basically teaching it, this is my lawn. This is where you need to do it. So it uses a combination of other things, though. Cameras, it's got a 150-degree camera on top. It's got sensors. It uses GPS as well to a degree to establish its exact position. So setting it up, much easier than we have experienced before. And now, as I mentioned, Ecovacs have a lot of legacy in this space. So they've used the similar technology like obstacle detection. That's one thing that that the GOAT G1 does it can see things in its path, but they do need to be high enough. It needs to be, if it's three centimetres or higher, then it's going to detect it. An example for you would be, uh, and in, you can see this in our video, we coil, we rolled up our, our hose, and when it's when it was rolled up, it was actually quite high. It was about like five or six centimetres high off the ground. So it detected the hose and moved away. You can actually see that in the video. But if you've got the hose laid out flat, not rolled up, that's like a centimetre off the grass, you're a chance of damaging your hose. So that's, that's a thing to keep in mind. You do, you do need to, if, you know, like if, if there's some kids' toys in the background and a ball or something, it's going to obviously see those. Now, I did, when this first came out, and I'm a dog owner, so when this first came out, I was asked by a couple of readers, and I asked this question myself because I've got two dogs, can it detect dog poo as as a an obstacle and i wasn't willing to try it because there's no who knows how big their poos are right i know there's a funny conversation we're having here but i didn't want to risk it and so best advice would be clean up regularly before this goes out because if this is going to just sweep through it you're going to have dog poo all over this thing and it's going to spread it out 
So I've heard horror stories of this happening indoors with robot vacuums. So say, I know people some like to keep their little pets inside and you know the rest of that story. But outside, I can't tell you definitively whether it's in the database to detect uh, doggy number twos. So just keep that in mind if you're thinking about one of these. But if you do have dogs, uh, it'll it'll detect them and stay away from them. But maybe clean up, do a clean up every little while. Just uh, and so just on how often it goes out. The schedule is determined by the robot. The robot can say, right, you've got a roughly a 60 square meter yard. I reckon it only needs twice a week to go out. Or you can set your own schedule. So it'll it'll know exactly when. So you, if you know that the schedule's Mondays at 9 a.m. for 20 minutes, Wednesdays and Fridays, then you know that before those times, you can tidy up the backyard, if you know what I mean. And uh, this is if you've got dogs. And then let it, get, let it do its thing. And as it, as it does inside, it, it does a good job of mapping the yard. It maps it quite well, and you're able to see the actual progress of, of the robot mower as you can when it's doing your vacuuming inside or mopping inside. Uh, and so uh, it, all the control's right there in your hands with, with the app as well. Now, uh, the one thing I've learned about Australians is that there are 10 million houses in Australia and there's more than 7 million of those have a yard. And so big market here for, for, a, for a robot mower. Um, the technology that's being used is, is quite advanced. It's similar to what they use inside um, and does make it, it does really make it so that you, do have, you don't have to lift a finger for it to keep your lawn at the right length. Now, just on that, when we set this up, our lawn was a little long. And Ecovac says if your if your lawn is six centimeters and higher, it's not going to work very well with the with the Ecovac. It's it's going to struggle. So, word is, and this is what I had to do: do a normal mow. So mow your lawn, get it down to the length you want, and what the goat will do is keep it at that length. So you won't have to mow properly again. It the the Ecovac, the goat G one will go out and mow two three times a week maintain that length of grass for you and there's no catch involved in terms of a catch to all the clippings because what it does it mulches as it cuts and puts all the the, the leaves the, the the cuttings back into the grass so you're not having to worry about that because it's it's really just sort of trimming the top of the grass every couple of days there's not much to put back in the grass anyway it's not going to fill a catch of a mower it's going to go back in the grass as as mulch so yeah, the uh, it, and it does like inside. It sets up the path, the, the the best possible path to efficient path to get through your lawn. Uh, it does a great job at it. I got to say, it really does uh, maintain that length, uh, and you don't have to do a thing. Uh, the wheels on it are big enough to easily get around your lawn. If there's any little bumps it's got to get over, you can go over paths, even if there are little short dividers that might separate different yard levels. It can sort of get up, I think, a few centimetres as well. Uh, and it, it even has – here's a cool feature too. You can look in through the camera so you can see where it is in the yard by looking through the camera. So, okay, I see where it is. It's near the back fence there. Or it also detects people. If it detects a person in your yard, it'll send you a notification. So this is a security camera on wheels as well. 
All righty, let's talk about the price. And it's not cheap. It's 2999 bucks. And you get a lot for your money here, I've got to say. This is a very efficient mower. Does a great job. A uh, couple of things it needs improving. I think we'll, uh, I think the 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 uh, obstacle avoidance perhaps needs to be a little bit better. Uh, need needs to detect maybe smaller objects because, as I said, the hose example. If your hose is just flat, not rolled up and coiled in a high in, to a decent size, it's going to go straight over the top and probably cut your cut your your hose. So you don't have to buy a new hose. So make sure you get that out of the way. But it does detect other bigger things like balls and toys and other stuff. Uh, so that that's a good job there. Uh, but for the price, you think about what's your time worth? I ask people, is your time worth money to you? Is it, is it, your time's valuable and we're often time poor here. So if you can, to justify this price, I'm thinking, well, if it's going to save you, I don't know, 100 hours a year, and your your time is valuable, I think if you look at it like that as an investment like that, you can get on with other things while this is cutting your grass. The other thing too is that people who are time poor often employ gardeners to do this work for them. So if they, they're paying a gardener a certain amount of money every couple of weeks or every month to come over, that's going to add up as well. So you've got to think that if this is going to do the same thing that a gardener would do for you, uh, then it's going to save you money there or maybe reduce the cost of having a gardener because they might still have to trim your trees and other stuff. At least your lawn's looked after. So, look, it, it, it isn't cheap. And, and, and I look at it as an investment in your time, an investment in your – if you're really – if you're real uh, keen on your, on your lawn. And I know a lot of people love mowing the lawn, including me. I don't often have time. I don't always have time to do it. And it's good that this this is there, the, the G1 is there to do it for you if you don't have time. So I think, uh, look, I was really impressed with this. You can see our full review. You can even watch our video too. We uh, shot a video of us setting it up and using it and uh, going through all the features as well. You can check all of that out if you want to. The GOAT G1. Check out our full review at techguide.com.au. Now, we love our EVs, and uh, MG have come up with a new one, the MG4 X-Power. Now, we spoke about the MG4 range a little while ago, and these are their affordable range of EVs. Well, they started under th about 38990 and the, depending on how much power and how much battery and range you want, they can then, they then move up to be a bit more expensive. Well... What MG's done is actually released their their kind of top of the line EV, if you like, the EV, the X Power, which has dual motor, all wheel drive, and can go zero to one hundred in three point eight seconds. That's Tesla speeds we've got right there, and it's priced at fifty nine nine ninety plus on road cost. So pretty much delivering awesome performance at a very competitive price. This is MG's highest performing all-wheel drive electric hatchback. In fact, it's its most per, its most powerful production car it has ever produced, EV and otherwise. Now, the approach here was to give, and this is MG's position in the market, is to give customers, give drivers value. They they want to get people into EVs, and what was stopping them was was price. 
a couple of years ago, an EV was a luxury car. You had to pay hundred thousand and more to get a to get an EV. Today, it's a totally different story. And MG's at the forefront of delivering that sort of value for their customers. So you're getting power and dynamics at a really competitive price. Now it's got 320 kilowatts of power and up to 600 nanometers of torque. I think that's how you pronounce it. The uh, MG4 X Power has a pretty solid performance and a lot of bang for your buck. And now it also, as I said, can go zero to 100 in 3.8 seconds. That's fast. Uh, it also has uh, on the exterior, it's got orange X Power brake calipers, two tone black roof with 18 inch alloy wheels polished trim accents, and a new colour, which I like. I, I quite like this. It's Hunter Green. Really cool colour. I'm, uh, I'm impressed. So the X-Power has a 64 kilowatt hour battery, and it's capable of charging at up to 140 kilowatts. So if you are on the highway, you can go from 10% to 80% using a 150 kilowatt DC rapid charger in just 26 minutes. On the safety side, they've also got new dynamic cornering control systems, uh, and they have intelligent motor control, which controls the torque vectoring uh, to all four wheels to gain maximum traction in all kinds of driving conditions. So it's a lot of safety features on board as well. So looks good is pretty fast and has all the safety features on board. Inside, of course, you've got your pretty nice interior with your, your big 10-inch screen, CarPlay on board, everything you need uh, inside as well, a little driver's cluster as well, digital driver cluster uh, as well. So MG really doing well in this, in, this, in this space, giving EV drivers or potential EV drivers a lot of bang for their buck, a lot of value. I think you're going to see a lot of people pulling the trigger on an EV thanks to uh, MG's really aggressive price uh, and really their mission to deliver value to customers uh, with EVs as well. Check out the MG4X Power. It looks cool. I really like this car. If you want to see it for yourself, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, Google, of course, uh, have announced, they've just unveiled the Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro smartphones. Uh, Trevor and I did speak about these at length in our Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast last week. I thought I'd just touch on them real quickly here. The Pixel 8 is $1,199. Pixel 8 Pro, $1,699. Pixel 8, 6.2-inch display. Pixel 8 Pro, 6.7-inch display. Both powered by Google's Tensor G3 chip. So uh, really does bring AI into the picture here as well, thanks to uh, the, the, that new Tensor chip, Google AI at play here. Um, it is a so – they've tweaked the design a little bit. It still has that similar look with that sort of bar across the back of the rear panel with the camera uh, in, in, that little, in that little visor on the back there. Uh, there is a triple camera system now on the 8 Pro, a dual camera system on the 8, and Pixels have always been known for taking good photos. They, they do uh, use a lot of computing power, as well as the lenses and the glass on board as well, of course, to, to not only take good photos, 
but also help you edit those photos. Like Magic Eraser has been a bit of a a bit of a calling card for the Pixel phones. They've got Magic Eraser on steroids. There are now things you can do with your photos, not only erasing um, things in the background, but even moving objects in the in the in the image as well. So it really gives you a lot of control. Um, the camera side, Pixel 8 Pro, triple camera system, 50 megapixel wide angle, 48 megapixel ultra wide, autofocus, uh, and 48 megapixel telephoto. The Pixel 8 has two cameras, a 50 megapixel wide and a 12 megapixel ultra wide. Both have the same 10.5 megapixel front facing camera as well. They do have a lot of advanced image processing on board and that Tensor G3 chip also comes into play there. So better low life, low light shots, better selfies. Video Boost which will now provide HDR plus and improve color grading for pro level results. I'm hearing a lot more about pro level stuff now you can do with phones and GoPros and other uh, drones and other things. So uh, that that's really looking good for pros as well. Um, the, the Tensor G3, as I mentioned, does a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to things like uh, Magic Eraser for video. They've got now Magic Eraser, would you believe, for video. We also already know Magic Eraser for or Magic Editor for your images. Magic Eraser for video can help you cut out uh, annoying background sounds. So I'll be testing that out as well. Here's the other big announcement too, though. Google has said they will support the new Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro smartphones with seven years of Android OS updates and security updates. So if you buy this phone this year, so you say you buy this phone next week, they go on sale on October 12, you could potentially be using this phone with the latest software in 2030, which is remarkable for an Android device. That's something we normally see with iPhone. iPhone normally, their phones have about a six, five to six year longevity where they can run. They'll still work after that time, but they won't might not be able to use the latest operating system. So if you want the latest operating system, an iPhone gives you, I think, about six years of having the latest OS. Now, Google's coming across over the top with seven years, which is for an Android device, that's pretty cool. Uh, colors too. The Pixel 8 is available in hazel, rose, and obsidian. The Pixel 8 is available in bay, porcelain, and charcoal. Bay's blue. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. And I've already told you the pricing. But yeah, again, a lot of marketing going around on this. Uh, Google spending a lot of money advertising these because they do come out this week. I'm recording this on the 9th of October. They do come out on the 12th. So keep an eye out for a review later this week and we'll talk about them next week on the podcast. But if you want to check them out for yourselves at the moment, you can do that at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. All your tech questions answered. 
This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is, of course, proudly supported by our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. They are the people to go to. USB-C is now part of the iPhone 15, and USB-C has been, well, Belkin were part of the developers of USB-C. So got plenty of products to you to keep your new phone charged, all those solutions, as well as cables and other other USB ports and other, other uh, docks as well that you can use, and many other charging products, MagSafe products, you name it belkin.com forward slash au. I thought I'd just provide a bit of an update to our story last week, our story report about the iPhone 15, the overheating bug, which Apple has uh, admitted was there. They did blame some apps that were sort of working outside the system. So Instagram and Uber in particular, they're working in the background, overloading the system more than normal. So that caused the elevated operating temperature. Now, Apple has already issued a software update, iOS 17.0.3, which addresses this issue. I'll read out what the update says. This update provides important bug fixes, security updates, and addresses an issue that may cause iPhone to run warmer than expected. So uh, if you are an iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max user, it, they're the main phones that it has been affecting. And you know what? There's only been a handful of people who've said it. I've had mine for two and a half weeks. Haven't hasn't got hot once. And a lot of other readers who have purchased a 15 Pro or 15 Pro Max have said the same thing. But better safe than sorry. You can run this update because, you know, not only do, do addresses that bug, but also provides security updates too. And that's always important. That is our show for this week. Thank you for hanging around. It's the final siren. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, you can find it, of course, at techguide.com.au. And we'll love to hear from you too. So feel free to send us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or even easier, click that Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the page, and it will generate an email and send it straight into my inbox. We'd love to also give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 